Hey. What up, what up, what up? What's going on, man? How you feeling, man? How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. How about you? Oh, man, I'm blessed, man. I'm, I'm excited to talk about today's topic. Um, centered around this real estate market. I ain't gonna lie to you, oh. I got to keep it 100% real, right? She got it. This has to be one of the weirdest, worst markets that I've seen in a long time. Because in this market right now, if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, and if it continues to trend, you got to understand. Number one, we have a war pending. Okay? So we have a war that is pending. We have, huh? We got inflation keep rising. We got inflation that's on the rise. Foreclosure rates through the roof. Interest rates highest been since 2000, 2001. Interest rates are going crazy. They still got, they still don't have enough supply on the market. Still don't have enough supply in some markets because in, because we have got data that in some markets they do have enough supply, but in some it is it the market is a little tight. Uh, rent rates still increasing. <laughs> rent rates are still increasing, but here's the deal. What's crazy about today's market is the rent rates are increasing, but I'm interested to know what will happen as investors. What will happen as investors start to come into the market, right, and realize that mortgage rates and mortgage payments are so much higher than even rents are right now? You know that, right? So mortgage rates currently are higher than rent. Are higher than rent. So right now it makes more sense to rent than even own a property because when you own a property, rent. when you own a property, you got to pay your mortgage and you got to pay for repairs. When you rent, you just got to pay your rent. That's it. That's it. So the renter for the first time the winner right now. Yeah, the, the renter is the winner. For the first time ever. This is, this is insane. So so we're gonna get into some stats. Shout out to everybody who has joined in. I really, really appreciate and love everybody for tapping in with us live. We see the family in here, man. We see the yeah, family. Yeah, I love it. I love it. We are gonna share some information today that Stats, this is going to be based on fact. None of this is going to be opinion, right? We're talking about the current real estate market. How do we maneuver in this particular market? And so many other things. Oh, you want to go ahead and do an introduction? Yeah, man, I'm excited, man. It's our first show. This is uh, Trending Tuesday, man. So we're doing this every Tuesday. So make sure y'all catch us every Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. We're going to provide you the latest news in entrepreneurship and, of course, real estate. So... Uh, it's our first time. So look, my name is O'Neill Parker, real estate investor. I've been investing in real estate since 2016, full-time entrepreneur 2020. I do all things real estate, but I love rentals. So I'm excited about tonight. But uh, as uh, anyway, we got a class coming up this Thursday, teaching how to make 20K before Christmas in today's market. So if you want to check it out, make sure you comment the word 20K. We're going to see you in a link. And that's me. Love it, love it, love it. Listen, my name is Byron, real estate investor out of Houston, Texas, primarily focused on the wholesale space, do a little bit of creative finance, fix and flip, new to the build to rent space and tremendously excited about it. I got my 
new construction, one of my new construction projects that are getting ready to go vertical and put them sticks in the air coming very, very soon. I'm, I'm extremely excited about it. But what I'm not excited about. You're not excited. I'm not excited about this real estate market. Uh, we brought on a couple special guests that yes. are going to highlight some facts and, and reiterate some of the facts that we're going to be talking about. Um, I'm not excited about this real estate market at all. Um, I think it is the most confusing market oh, in terms of where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? What's your thoughts on the market right now? I'm not excited about it either, but us as entrepreneurs, we got to figure out a way to win. And for me, I feel we still can win, but we just have to do it correct. Of course, as investors, we still got to buy houses. You know, at the end of the day, we buy houses to feed our families. So how do we buy these houses? We got to buy houses at deeper discounts than we did before. You know, we're buying at 60%. That's not going to work today. You know, we may have to buy at 40. We may have to buy at 30. Um, and that's what we got to do. That's the only way it's going to make sense. So the lower prices and the high interest rates, the cash flow still got to make sense. So I don't want nobody to, you know, listen to this. I don't want you to be like it's not the time to buy houses or it doesn't make sense it does make sense you just have to buy it correctly the first time but if i'm being honest if we're being honest right you know would you say that in today's market currently right now it's probably the worst market for investors and for buyers yeah it's the worst market for everybody at this point buyers what are some of the things you're seeing in the market right now that people need to be looking at? And what are the indicators that are making you believe that this is the worst market? Well, what we stated earlier, uh, I know where I am. Um, it's a lot of different things. People are not getting paid more money. They're still getting paid the same money that they was before. And with that, everything is going up. Like we said before, the inflation is going up. The price of food, the price of gas is more expensive. People are still getting paid the same amount they was before. The prices of houses are up, you know what I'm saying? So, and the interest rates are up, like, oh so it's harder for people to afford property. Like, right now, I'm on a committee in my city, they don't have enough affordable houses. And with that, they don't have nothing under 200,000. And you got to realize I'm in the worst state in America. So, nothing under 200,000. No, they don't have nothing. Like, you can't buy a home under 200,000 no more. You know what I'm saying? So what are those people that make 30000 a year? What are they going to buy? They can't buy no $200,000. So they got to rent. But what? Guess what they're renting? The rent is crazy amount, too. So it's kind of like a lose-lose. But that's how I feel about this market, though. But at the same time, you as investors, we got to flip houses under two. Like, for me, I flip houses under 200000 to give those people a chance. Like, for me, it's a blue ocean because everybody wants to be over 200000 Like, I made... 90,000 like two years ago off a flip that I sold for 180 because mm -hmm. so you just got to pivot with the market. That's what I'm seeing in the market right now. What about you? What you seeing right now in Houston, Texas? What I'm seeing right now in Houston, Texas, as I'm seeing price compression, right? So we're witnessing prices actually come down, but not enough. Yes. Not we enough, see prices right? coming down too here. Yeah. So we're seeing prices come down, which is a good thing to me. I think it should be way more. So, so here's the deal. We have prices coming down, but I'm talking maybe we're looking at maybe three to four, maybe 5% price decreases in the market currently. Okay. That's, that's best case scenario. 
Best case scenario. In some areas, prices have not come down at all. Okay. But you would assume that with interest rates going up as high as they are, and we're going to get into some very ugly stats. When I tell you these stats are, are, are very alarming, right? So, so we, what we're seeing is the interest rates are going up. Prices are not matching. Then when we look at inflation rates, inflation rates are actually on the way up. Still going up. Still going up. Listen to this. We're at close to an 8% interest rate for mortgages right now as we speak. And the Fed is looking to raise rates again in November and in December. And the inflation is going up. It's not going down. Right. Right. So, so when we look at all of this negativity and all of the volatility in the market, Right now, I'm I'm very, very concerned because I don't right now, I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. I don't see so, any light. At the end of the you don't see light at the end of the tunnel. You're talking about the next two, three months, six months, year. What, what you talking about when you said that? I think I think the market, honestly, I think, think the market how long you think probably a year, bro, maybe even longer. Let me tell you why. We have a war. We have a war in the Middle East. Right. That America is starting to kind of tiptoe into. OK, so we have a war in the Middle East that America is starting to tiptoe into, which we're going to print more money. The reason why we're in this mess right now is because we've overprinted money. Right. During COVID. During COVID. Then on top of that, the only reason why the economy was even looking like it was like maintaining was because we were printing so much money. Plus we were giving people moratoriums. The more, the moratoriums are being lifted. Now the people who got mortgage relief, they already got it and it's done. Now they have to pay their bills, student loans. You have to pay your student loans. Now the moratorium is over. So people got more expenses. People got more expenses. Now, if you want to get something new, it's going to cost you way more. Some cases double the amount in payment. Right. Man, you ain't lying, bro. So look, man, we need to get these to these stats, man. What are the stats? Yeah, let's, talk about it. let's get these slides up. What y'all feeling, man? Look, look what y'all got in the comments. What's your thoughts about today's market? Put in the chat how you feeling. Yeah, let's talk about it. So here's the deal. This is this is this is quite alarming. This is really alarming. I'm I'm, I'm gonna break this down real quick. Okay, I'm going to break this down. So what this says, what this says right here is, hold on one second, let me, let me get this. So 24,539 U.S. properties. That's what we're talking about. According to Adams Q3 2023 U.S. foreclosure market report, there are a total, listen to this, you guys, there is a total of 124,000 539 U.S. properties with foreclosure filings, default notices, I mean, default notices, uh, scheduled auctions, or bank repossessions up 28% from the previous quarter and 34% from the previous year. Now, what happened last year? What happened last year? We all know that the government was, was giving people a lot of money. 
We all know that the government was also giving people, you know, uh, uh, giving people relief on their mortgages to be able to, you know, not have to make payments during COVID, right? Yes. They was getting all that COVID relief money. The COVID relief money is over with, you guys. Like, there is no more COVID relief money, right? We can't just... So we got we to gotta talk about this too, though. So you think a lot of people is in foreclosure because... They say, look, it's time to pay, and they got to pay in a lump sum, and they just can't afford it from the last six to 12 months? Or is it because they're losing jobs? They can't. What? Why Why do you think that, that uh, foreclosure rate is so high right now? The foreclosure rate is so high because it was already high. It was just falsely manipulated, right? So COVID. during COVID, these people, these people couldn't afford those properties anyway. Because they stopped the foreclosures because of what was going they on. They the foreclosures and they were just printing money, bro. The government was just giving away all of the money. So you think the foreclosure rate is so high because the foreclosures paused for 2021 and 2022? You think exactly. that's why? Exactly. So exactly. now we have three years worth of foreclosures. One time. Exactly. Wow. And the only way they're going to be able to stop it is print more money. But here's the deal. We just entered into a new war situation. And guess what we doing there? Print more, more money. <laughs> <laughs> so all this print money, what is it doing for us as investors? What's your thoughts about that? I think it is creating. Listen, this is the thing. So the, the Fed is raising rates, right? They're raising rates to combat all of the money that was put into the market. This was their fault. They created this by putting all of this money into the economy. Now they're trying to increase the interest rates to get some of that money back out. Okay. So right. they've created the problem and now they're trying to fix it by Us paying, paying for it. Exactly. Wow. It's ugly That's stuff. Up. You know, <laughs> So let, let's go to slide number two. Let's look at it. Yeah, let's look at it. So this is a this is a chart, right? According to Adams, right? Adams data. This chart right here, right? This chart right here is 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 around the time. Let me see here. So this was around the time when uh, 2008. So if you see this big spike, this was the worst. I mean, this was one of the worst. Time in real estate, period. Right. And so around this time, right, we had a tremendous amount of foreclosures. But as you can see, what's happening in our market is we are starting to, we're at the level right now where the 2008 market started to trend upward. So we're, 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 we're right at that, that moment, right? Where those, you know, we're starting to trend up. If you look at this, this moment, right here, like towards the end, you'll see that we had very, very low foreclosure rates. But again, what we realized is those were false numbers. If you look at that sharp drop down from Q1 to Q3, you see that this was a sharp decline. That's when the government came in at like Santa Claus and printed a ton of money. And the money. Yes, they gave away all the money. And so what that did was it created a false sense of reality. See, if you look at just how fast that, that slope was, oh, look at it's how fast. Very fast. Yeah. It's That's never been up that. Like if you look at this chart, it's never went fast like that ever. Ever. 
right? And so what this tells me is that the government came in, gave us a lot of free money. But as you know, everybody on this call have to know that nothing is for free. Especially not from the government. Not from the government. No money is free. You're going to pay for it either now or later. And so what's happening is we have a falsely manipulated market. And I would love, 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 love to be able to get Patty's take on this. We got Patty here. I would love to get Patty on all the way from California, all the way from California, mortgage lender, mortgage lender. I here's the deal. Shout out to Patty. If you guys are, uh, are looking for any high quality person to work with in terms of mortgages, you definitely want to tap in with Patty. I mean, Patty, Patty is definitely my Internet bestie for sure. Um, and she always, always comes with a, a, a phenomenal wealth of knowledge. And I would love to get her expert opinion, not only on what we've just covered in terms of where we are, uh, but also with these inflation rates on the rise, on the rise right now. Um, what does this mean? What are you seeing in the real market right now, Patty, that either has you alarmed about these stats? Um, nobody is comfortable with these stats, but I want to know what you're seeing in the real, in the, in the real, in the real world. What's your thoughts on this? Is Patty with us? I believe so. I don't think the audio is working. Oh, the audio may not working. So while, while Patty is working on the audio, um, can we go to the slide? Let's go to the slide with the inflation rates. I want to show you you guys something. This is this is critically important. This is this is critically important. Um do we got Patty yet? You know, but here's the deal. I know that it's, you know, listen, we're not, we don't have a lot of good news to share in terms of where the market is. I'm not finna sit up in and, and gas anybody up. I just want to tell you, but it is going to be your opportunity. We can are, you hear me now? Yes, we can yes, hear you clearly. Oh, Patty thank you, guys. <laughs> yes, indeed. Patty, did you hear any of the information we were talking about earlier? I, oh, I heard everything. I heard mm -hmm. everything. I just uh, couldn't, you couldn't hear me, but thank you guys so much for having me. And I appreciate you asking my opinion on this. And um, just so that the audience knows, I've been a mortgage banker for 21 years. I was working through the last financial crisis in the mortgage business and real estate um, and I also am an investor. So there's, uh, you know, many perspectives I have on this. And I think it's important to note, just based on the information that you stated in this article that you're sharing, we have 69,000 properties that had foreclosure activity started in Q3, right? So I think we need to understand what that means. If, you've, if you have been delinquent for three months, you have 90 days of delinquency on your mortgage payments, you're automatically going to get what's called a notice of default filed on your home if you're not in communication with the lender making some sort of rearrangement of payments, okay? So foreclosure activity is definitely not foreclosure. It's but it's very it's, a, it's an important stat because just like we monitor the volume of mortgage purchase loan applications to give us an indication of demand, so you're monitoring notice of defaults and foreclosure activity because it is a sign of distress in the market. So it's an important piece of information to note. 
Now, this number is actually down 1% from the previous quarter, and it's only up 3% from this time last year. So if you look at it from the, the quarter prior, it's only up, it's down one whole percentage from the quarter prior, and it's only up 3% from last year. You're still talking about historic lows. Nothing indicating, you, you have to remember, 90% of people that have mortgages have an interest rate below 5%. This foreclosure activity is important to watch, but foreclosure activity doesn't mean foreclosure. There's one extremely important element in this market that did not exist in 2007, 8, and 9, and that's equity. People have lots of solutions. So when they are, if let's, let's say you and I were having a hardship because we are experiencing a loss of income and we have to pick up the phone and we have to get into a COVID forbearance. So they weren't throwing money at the situation. They were allowing people to pause the payments. And let's say that your payment was $2,000 a month and for three months you didn't make that payment. Then you have a $6,000 balance added to the end of your loan. So that, that balance is just taken out of the equation and put at the end of the loan and now people start resuming their payments after the foreclosure forbearance. For people who could not get back on track with their payments, they had to enter a loan modification. So we saw that. Now with an unemployment rate at 3.8%, 3.6% was the lowest unemployment we had seen since 1969. And with unemployment at 3.8%, we're experiencing very normal numbers for foreclosure activity. Now, it's of course you want to highlight a spike. That's what these articles do. They give us these indications that, hey, there could be trouble in the water and everybody wants to be first to call it. 46% of people that bought a home within the last 12 months have reported that they're struggling to make the payments. But I'll challenge that thought with the fact that 8 million Americans are now working multiple jobs in order to make ends meet, 500,000 Americans are working two full-time jobs, and again, just in September alone, we had 336,000 new jobs added to the job market, and we're going to get another critical report on the job market by Friday. The job market is the reason that we are not going into a recession and we are not experiencing cuts to stimulate the economy from the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve, actually, you're going to see uh, tomorrow, There's go the, they're going to announce their decision on rate hikes. And I'll bet you $5,000 that they're not hiking. There's a 98% chance that the Fed is not hiking tomorrow. They are not in position to hike because actually core inflation is going down. Now, you're right about the fact that we're going to war. This war is extremely costly to the United States, and as long as the government is printing money and adding debt, they are killing our opportunity to get inflation under control. It's a, The biggest threat to inflation is government spending. You're absolutely right about that. So you can't print money into circulation, create this inflation problem, and now basically put a noose around the market and say, hey, we're going to, we're going to, something has to break to get us down to 2%, which is the Federal Reserve's target inflation. So what does that mean for housing? It means that you're not going to see the level of foreclosures anywhere near the foreclosure state that you saw in 2007, 8. Why? The only answer to that question is equity. I can promise you right now that I was live and in the flesh and in the front lines. I was in the NACA tents when people were working on saving their homes. I was there at the front lines and I'm here in the front lines now. When home buyers are experiencing a hardship, they're going to have lots of options, which also include the sale of their homes. So that means that if you had a net benefit of $20,000 for the sale of your home, would you walk away from that? 
Most people wouldn't do that. So the equity is the saving grace. And the fact that 90% of people that are homeowners with mortgages have an interest rate below 5% means that the critical point of defaults would be anyone that have lost their job, anyone who's experiencing a serious financial hardship, or anyone that bought within the last 12 months who really stretched their means to make it happen and they were waiting for interest rates to go down by now, which they've actually gone up by almost 2% since April. Patty, so, what, yeah, go ahead. What are your thoughts on the mortgage, uh, the mortgage rate industry in terms of people buying new properties, right? And the price is not necessarily going down as much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have a phenomenon on our hands because we have the lowest demand that we've seen since 1995. We have low, we have purchase activity declining. We have 15.8% less inventory on the market today than we had last year. And at the same time, home prices are rising. Case Schiller, which is the gold standard for home prices, um, they, they announced today that home prices went up again in August by 0.9%. Home prices are up 2.6% from this time last year, and we're expected to rise 6% in this year alone. So how is it that we have unprecedented interest rates for our lifetimes? We have home activity, sales activities going down. We have home buyer, home builder confidence at the lowest it's been, inflation through the roof, but home prices are not declining. What is that phenomenon? It's simple. We have an inventory problem. Nobody's winning. Nobody is winning in this market. Like it's crazy. So Patty, so what are you seeing right now in terms of the buyers? What is the, what are those conversations like with the buyers? Cause in my opinion, I believe if a buyer is buying a property in this current market, I can't help but to kind of feel a way and kind of cringe because I'm thinking that they're not getting the best potential deal. You pay because way too yeah, they're paying too much and they got a high interest rate. So I'm not understanding how the math is because you would think that the prices would have come down a lot much, a lot more than what they have based on the interest rates. But it doesn't seem like these things are tracking. And I just see people buying a property with a higher payment and a higher interest rate. And honestly, the property. Well, let, let's do the math, Byron. Pay. Let's do the math. You're, you're in Houston, right? Yes. Okay, so is it safe to say the average sales price in Houston is five hundred thousand? Yeah, I would. I well, I'd say like about three, three fifty. Yeah, three fifty. Three fifty. Okay, so let's do three fifty, and let's say that the average home buyer is doing three and a half percent down, or they're doing three percent down if they're doing conventional financing because they have better credit scores and they want to save money. But let's just say three percent down. Let's go with the lowest down payment possible, and let's talk about what that difference in the monthly mortgage payment is going to be. So let's if we're if we're looking at oh excuse me hold on let me get my calculations right got ninety seven percent okay so we're gonna talk about what that monthly payment is going to be on a thirty year fixed um, <laughs> part of me it's giving me um. A uh, what interest rate are you doing on that? Seven point eight seven five. Okay, that's 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 your your seven forty and up, huh? Well, not necessarily. If you have a seven, if you have a six eighty credit score right now, 
and we're going to give you, if you have a 680 credit score, then we can get you in position for that, that interest rate. Mm. So 680 yep. credit score, seven and a half is what we're doing FHA right now. Mm. That's the best okay. rate you can get right now. Seven That's and a half. The best rate you can get. <laughs> seven and a half would make sense for the best interest rate, we'd say. Let's say, yeah, seven and a half would make sense for the best interest rate yeah. possible. Okay. And, um, okay, here we go. I got my calculations up. So now if you were doing no points, you are not paying any points at that 680 credit score, first time home buyer, you're looking at 7.875%. Okay. We're talking no points. So that mortgage payment is $2,462. Okay. Now let's say that your interest rate was 5.875%. That difference in the mortgage payment is $2,008. That's $454, okay? Now, earlier, based on inflation, now these numbers have gone down. The average cost of a dozen of a dozen eggs was almost, I don't know, like $7, and it's back down to $2.22 nationwide. So we're, I'm giving you stats from at the peak state of our inflation crisis, the average American was spending an additional $436 a month on food. If I take anyone, I challenge anyone to get on get on a call with me and I look at do an Excel spreadsheet of their gross income after taxes, we'll do net, we'll take out the taxes, take out all the expenditures, and we'll see if you have a budget somewhere for $450 additionally for a mortgage, okay? And let's say you don't have that budget. That's totally fine if you don't have that budget. But if you do and you want to purchase a home, here's the difference. Affordability is a problem right now because we're talking about affordability in the terms of payment shock, in the monthly payment. Home buyers are saying, I can't afford to make this extra mortgage payment. That commitment or that sacrifice is too much. But I promise you, if interest rates were at 2 to 3% right now and the inventory was down 15.8%, you would have three times the competition and you would upbid by 10 to 15 or $20,000. Now, if you take an extra payment of $454 over the next two years, that's $11,000 difference in your monthly payments versus a $20,000 to $25,000 higher purchase price. But here's, the deal, though. but here's the deal. Isn't that still a bad deal? Because I feel sorry for the people who are overpaying for the properties, right? Mm -hmm. And then I feel sorry for the people who are paying for properties that haven't adjusted to the market, you know, changes. So it's like to me, gotta, but I say we also gotta take in consideration the insurance is extremely high as well. You know that that, that make the payment go from twenty four to at least twenty seven, at least twenty six. It's another two hundred dollars. So we ain't even talk about insurance. Yeah, that's true. Insurance costs are through the roof right now in many markets because a lot of insurance companies are not insuring because the risk has gotten high. So that's definitely an element. So to Byron's point, buying is more expensive now than it has ever been in the history of home buying because you have the problem of home prices rising, the cost of insurance rising, in addition to rates go rates being where they are. Um, but I do believe that there is going to be rate relief soon. I do not think that the Federal Reserve will be hiking tomorrow. I think their announcement will be to continue um, to pause on the rate hikes and probably pause for the rest of the year. And rates will be higher for a bit longer. And you might see home price growth stagnant a little bit, go sideways. But I definitely don't think we're headed for a decline. And I definitely don't think we're headed for a foreclosure crisis. Tell me this, Patty. Were you surprised? And we definitely got to get Anaja in on this, too. 
because I, I don't want to get his opinion from an, from a strictly investor's point of view, but were you surprised that the prices of properties has not went down um, faster? No, I wasn't. Um, in my webinar in October 2022, I announced to everybody that we just don't have the same elements, even prior to when well, everybody got scared. I, I, my opinion has always been that we do not have the same elements in this economy that we did in 2006, seven and eight. We don't have it. That The one element is a surplus of inventory. So uh, new listings are rising. You are going to see home, home stay on the market longer, but we are a long and far cry, a far cry away from 20 to 30% decline in home prices. I just don't see that we have the element, so I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised that home prices have been stable. I am surprised that interest rates have not gone down yet. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Where Najee at, man? We gotta get a Najee in, man. Yes, indeed. Hey, what, hey. What she thought about this, man? What she thoughts? Well, I think Pat hit on a, a quite a few things that I, I agree with. Um, number one, I agree with her. I don't think the Fed is going to raise any rates. Uh, and I do think the rates are going to be around a little bit longer. So I'll start with that. Um, a couple of other things I thought Patty was on point with. I don't see a foreclosure crisis because we just don't have the inventory to cause that much damage. Right. Like that quickly. So and, and smart guys like yourself are going to get these uh, properties on pre foreclosure before they hit the foreclosure market. Right. Foreclosure being defined as real estate owned by the bank. Right. After. Right. So pre foreclosures. Uh, but I think a lot of smart investors are, are moving into the creative finance space. Um, even somebody like myself, who's not historically a creative finance guy, I'm looking at subject to I'm looking at things like this. Um, that that can uh, you know that can be more advantageous for me. Now, a couple things I will say. Number one, having experienced 2008 as an investor, I can tell you equity can evaporate overnight, right? Like like we we cannot assume that this equity will stay with us, right? We we cannot assume that because there's lots of variables that can happen, right? Things can start to go drop in our market down here in Houston. Uh, I am seeing some distance. Uh, I do think we're seeing price resistance. I do see we're seeing price declines. Um, again, we have a housing affordability problem, right? When you compare, I think it was, uh, I think I did the numbers on 350 grand, 3% versus 8%. You almost talking about a thousand dollar extra payment. People got to make payments, man. Like investors got to make cash flow. Uh, you mentioned earlier, right now we're in the market where very few markets, very, very few markets actually cash flow. Now, I can tell you, I studied this in the moment because I'm an economics junkie, uh, 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12. I can tell you the markets that declined the most were the markets that did not cash flow, right? That had a high appreciation and, and uh, before 2008 and then didn't, got to the point where it didn't cash flow. For me, that's always been a fundamental uh, uh, equilibrium around the market, meaning if it don't cash flow, sooner or later, this doesn't make sense. Right. Like, and, and I think we're at that point. So, you know, what what can the staff, you know, and here's the other uh, thing that we didn't we didn't talk about, but I believe has a major factor. We've got over one point two trillion dollars of commercial real estate coming due by 2025. T trillion. And these are all loans. It's like bridge loans. 
trillion uh trillion dollars in commercial real estate right and they're starting to come due now in october november or whatever where there's billions of dollars coming due right total is 1.2 trillion now why does this matter when we talk about coming due commercial real estate what we're talking about here is they're typically bought on the three five or seven or ten year term well all of these a lot of these terms are coming due by 2025 and we know office is in trouble right a lot of offices in commercial real estate is based on income so so you got you got a situation where a lot of these office buildings are not cash flowing does that make sense and in, in order to refinance we have to have a debt. cash flow right they have to service the debt yeah so these deals don't make no sense at eight percent seven percent and they're not cash flowing so a lot of these properties are already being handed back to the bank. We're seeing it in the news every day. And this is happening in multifamily, commercial, a lot of things. And, and that's contagion, right? What do you think that is going to do to yeah, the market? Yeah, what is it going to do to the market? And I would love to get Patty's uh, uh, take on that, too. Like when we get all of these properties back on the books of the banks. That, guess what? And, and she's a lender. saying, I'm sure she'll tell you this. Lenders don't want to own no property. Right. No. So now you have a lot of loan defaults and that's bad debt. That's called a write down. A foreclosure is a write down for the bank. Right. So you start to get and these are typically going to be in the small banking sector or whatever. But at the end of the day, what does that do to a lender? A lender might start to pull back some. Right. And bad. Yeah. You know, so you start to pull back some. They already had high interest rates at eight percent. So all that does is make a deal harder for us to get right for us to land on right i'm just you, you know and if that's if it's harder for us to buy then what happens to prices i mean you alluded to that earlier by a buyer is that at some point these prices got to come down affordability counts I, I really believe that and at the end of the day you know people got to be able to afford the house investors got to be able to cash flow and banks got to be able to comfortably lend and have the capital to lend and i'm not saying that they're not going to be capitalized but again you got commercial real you got some office buildings that are down as much as 40 50 percent the headlines are already there no one's talking about it right and for me one thing i learned from 2008 is that contagion can and will spread sometimes i'm not saying it will but it can spread and, and I, I view that as something that can be contagious again i'm not saying what's going to happen i'm just looking at situations to be frank Real, real quick, you know, I I want to put this out there, um, and, and I definitely got I want to hear Patty's take on this, um, and you know, because you mentioned some things, right? You mentioned if these properties go back to the banks, right? Banks start to tighten up on lending, right? Lending requirements get more stringent, okay? I listen, and I'm not trying to be negative. I'm a realist at this at this point. I don't see a lot of positivity coming in the future from the things that we're seeing in the market right now. I don't see positivity. The only place I see positivity, and I'm just keeping it real, from an investor standpoint who understands creative finance, is that we'll be able to pick up some properties, sub two, right? But outside of that, I don't see anything looking good in this market. Please, somebody correct me if I'm seeing these indicators in the wrong way. Well, I mean, talking about the cash flow constraints. So Anaje mentioned multifamily. He he talked about investors and single family, right? So in the 
what happens when you have a, a low cash flow problem on a, in the commercial sector is you have values declining. The White House just made a proposal um, to, to the government to vote on, to create a budget, to turn all those, all those uh, commercial buildings that are sitting vacant, that are losing value into residential units. That's gonna create an opportunity. Now you have multifamily because everybody went crazy with multifamily and it was extremely competitive in price and rates were low. So multifamily homes went through the roof and a lot of people underwrote those for five to seven years, uh, not so conservatively. So what happens is- that though, converting those com commercial properties to residential, extremely expensive. It is expensive. Yeah, that's exactly where, where my point is headed, is that the problem in this last uh, market run that we've had for quite some time is that people are used to getting that cash flow with higher, with low down payments. So in order to achieve the cash flow goals that you want to have, or in order for cash flow to make sense, now you have to have deeper pockets to put more money down, which makes homeownership and investing and creating these portfolios more difficult. The barrier of entry is, is becoming more difficult because you have to have more liquidity in order to play in a game at this time. Liquidity, that's when they say cash is king. Cash is always gonna be king. So now when, so if people were saying, I'm gonna go buy a house using FHA financing with 3.5% down and now I'm cash flowing. Well, now when I look at those numbers, oh, I can't house hack like I thought I could. I'm not, get, I'm not even breaking even. I'm not getting the cash flow that I thought I could. And not only is interest rates going to create that problem, and that problem isn't going to get better because if you're underwriting to a 2 to 3% interest rate, you're not going to get that back. So we're going to be lucky if interest rates by 2025 are going to be in the 575 to 5.5% range. Unless we go enter into a severe recession or because of the cost of war, if the government puts a lot of pressure on the Federal Reserve to start cutting rates because we have an extremely big problem with the United States debt, we have our national debt is so high that this year alone, the interest payment on that will be a $1 trillion. So that's costing taxpayers $4 billion a month. So in order for this, just think if you're the United States of America and your interest payment is going up because the Federal Reserve wants to keep hiking rates or keep interest rates for a lot higher for a longer time, that is not a sustainable situation at the rate at which the government is spending money. So either we're going to have a massive recession to drive those rates down and different sectors will break, or we're going to have pressure from the government on the Federal Reserve to lower the interest rates because the interest debt for national debt is not sustainable. Those payments are not sustainable. Um, and then the other thing you touched on was, so we talked about cash flow and then the guidelines tightening. So I've been in lending for 21 years and I can tell you that after the 2007 and 8 crisis, lending guidelines strict got strict like you wouldn't believe, night and day. Commissions were cut, lending guidelines got strict and everything changed, right? And in this market, I haven't seen any tightening. I haven't seen any issue, any situations where they have taken guidelines off the table. In fact, they just made it possible for you to use income from an ADU on an FHA loan, and they just made it possible for you to only put 5% down using conventional financing on a two to four unit property. Those are effective immediately um, in the commercial com uh, conventional guidelines on November 18th. So what does that mean? That means that they're actually expanding some options to make homeownership a little bit more affordable for first-time home buyers. Um, so I don't see that lending guidelines are tightened in that regard, but I do see that bigger banks are going to be more conservative, which means that 
If I, as a mortgage banker, could approve you with a 50% debt ratio on a conventional loan, the bank already under excellent market conditions had a maximum debt ratio of 43%, now they might lower that to 38 because they don't want to take the risk that someone is using any alternative sources of any alternative sources of income such as bonus or commission that might be fluctuating and taking any risks. I've gotten several loans in the last month from banks that are declining people that are refusing to use bonus or stock as income because they're afraid of the risk. So you're right that lending guidelines are tightening at big banks, but mortgage banks haven't experienced that yet. Wow. Okay, what you think, man? What you think about it? Yeah, I, I'm just talking about what could happen, right? So, yeah, she's right. There's still a lot of look. I know some banks that are that are definitely tightening. It's going to be dependent upon that bank's balance sheet. But I'm watching this because I want to know about their balance sheet, right? Like I want to know what could potentially happen. You know, at the end of the day, what we got to focus on is, you know, what I do find interesting is that at one point the government is raising interest rates that makes it more unaffordable. But at the same time, we got new guidelines coming out to kind of help affordability. So isn't that kind of weird? <laughs> right, right. My, my issue with that, though, OJ, is that to me, here's the thing. I love when the government steps in and thinks that they're helping from a nicety standpoint. But in my opinion, I think any market manipulation, just like printing money, it always comes back. It You always end up getting hit in, in, in you know, with, with that rebound effect. And that's what I fear. And so I'm glad that they're doing something because it looks like they're, they're trying to be aggressive about, you know, making housing more affordable. But if I'm being real, I'm always leery when they lead with the gift that is going to come. Let me throw one I haven't mentioned today, right? One of them is last month home sales, sales, transactions down 23, 25%. So even though home prices are up, sales are down, transactions are down, right? Mortgage applications are down. All that really means is less people feeling weird, uh, leery. People don't necessarily want to buy or they just flat out can't buy. Right. And I, and I think there's a good chunk of the American economy that just flat out cannot buy. The numbers don't make sense. However fun we try to make those numbers. Right. They're just not going to work. Do right. Will continue to go down. Oh, at the current interest rates, absolutely. Right. Like, like that, that's that that is that is just simple math, right? Like if you got payments on the same house year uh, uh within a year and a half, that's almost a thousand dollars more. Some people just flat out can't afford that, right? Like the average home, but you know, the average household, right? What what they make, 60 grand, 70 grand, or whatever, they flat out can't afford certain types of properties in the right, right now with inventories that we're lacking at those specific price points that they can afford. O'Neill, you specifically mentioned 200 grand. That's your sweet spot, right? I would argue that that's a sweet spot for a lot of Americans, maybe even up to 250. Because right? that's what most people can afford. That's, that's all they can afford. Now, go look at your local MLS and, and, and figure out how much product is actually on the market year over year in that zone. Quality product. It ain't none. Right. So so we're building. And, and again, we, there's one point four building a million uh, permits of uh, uh, being new construction coming online. So builders are trying to really do what they can. But we still have a we don't have enough inventory on the market. Uh, uh, Y'all mentioned earlier, again, baby boomers. Right. Baby boomers own the largest share of real estate in America. Right. Guess what they also own? They also own some great mortgage rates. Right. 
So you going into retirement, are you really about to give up that great mortgage rate to quote unquote downsize? And you wanted to downsize, that might have been a retirement plan, but they can't downsize because this new 8% interest rate is higher than where what the current plan. So why why get rid of the house? Why would they why would they sell? Now uh, again, I think over time people will have to sell which will bring more inventory online, right? I think the Fed is diligent in their approach, right? Whether you agree with them or not, they are they are serious about keeping interest rates where they're at long-term. I do believe Powell in that. He's been very, previous Federal Reserve chairmen have been very coy. He has not been coy at all. Um, I remember the days of Greenspan, he would, he would on the subject, chairman, straight at you, whether you agree with it or not. What he's saying, he's doing what he's saying. Right. So at the end of the day, I do think at these current where, where we're at in the economy, we're going to we're starting to see cracks. People will start to continue to sell. Uh, a lot of builders are, 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 are start builder sentiments going down a little bit. And for me, that's about inventory. As inventory grows, right, grows on the market. Right. That's going to that's going to level this thing out as. And, and again, just I'm, I'm playing with this. As as people who are in the real estate industry, we like to evaluate health based on uh, based on the price. You know what I'm saying? Uh, being price going up. Look, prices can't go up forever. They just can't. That like that. That's what we know, right? We know that to be true. And so over, and we know we have a housing affordability problem. So I can't tell you exactly where it's going to land, but I do think over time the inventory situation will kind of come back to a reality. And in and, and as far as the prices coming down and my suggestion to investors, be aggressive. No speculation right now. This is not the time to be trying to catch a falling knife. Right. Be aggressive, whether that's subject to or your offer price in general and only buy where it makes sense. Oh, I love that. That's your advice. Investors moving forward. They need to buy the deep discount and run their numbers and be for sure. Absolutely. The numbers make Absolutely. Well, I think to your point, Anaje, that you're going to see a lot more opportunities for seller financing. You made a really critical point in that you think that sellers are going to get fed up waiting and they're going to come off the fence and they're going to start selling. Um, some people are referring it to it as panic sales. Well, for the first time since June of last year, the new listings on the market have increased. So the stats actually confirm exactly what you said. You're going to see more buyers get to the point where they're saying, wait a minute, I know interest rates are higher, but I've got a good amount of equity. I need to sell. I want to move. And if I wait any longer, it doesn't look like interest rates are coming down any soon. And there's a potential of home prices stagnating or going down. I better start selling. So you're absolutely right. The sellers are coming off the fence and you'll see a little bit of an improvement to inventory because of that. Okay, quick question. So what's your advice to the people that's looking to buy a house right now? What would your advice be? I think for anyone that's looking to buy a single family or a multifamily home as their primary investment, I think the very first thing you need to do is get with a mortgage banker that you trust. I'm licensed nationwide and I can help anybody who's listening, but you sit down, you make an appointment and you first got to look at the math. Let's take a look at what you're bringing in and what you're spending. No matter what the market is doing, the best time to buy a home is when you're buying within your means. So if we can calculate something that makes sense to you and we can target that price, let's say everything in the market is around 
around $250,000 that you love. But what you're comfortable with is a payment at $220,000 or $210,000. So guess what we're going to do? We're going to be really patient and you're going to be committed and you're going to get approved for that $250,000, but you're going to commit to your $220,000 budget and you're going to go out there and you're going to target properties that have been on the market for two to three weeks with no offers on them. And you're going to go out there and you're going to make a deal. And what's going to happen is the trade-off is, yes, your payments are going to be a little bit higher and you want to make sure that you're mentally, physically, and financially prepared for higher payment for a minimum of 24 months. We believe that interest rates will start, will, the interest cuts will begin as early as July of next year. And there's predictions that are stating that by the end of next year, interest rates will be around six and a quarter. And by the end of the following year, interest rates will land somewhere around 5.75%. So that means you have a two-year time frame to be comfortable with those higher payments. And I can promise you one thing that's going to happen regardless of the market conditions and where home prices land in the next 12 to 18 months, which they are speculated to go up again over the next 12 months. One thing I can promise you is that when interest rates decrease, you're going to see demand significantly rise. To give you an example, I, I took in October, this is probably the lowest amount of applications I've taken in a year. All year long, I have $23.5 million in loan applications that are coming in and only about $8 million in business closing. That's a big deficit, right? So there's a lot of people that are applying and getting approved, but they're watching and waiting. That interest rate difference between 7.875 and maybe 6.95% is going to drive way more buyers into the market. And your opportunity to buy at 200 to 220 is going to disintegrate quickly as soon as interest rates starts turning around. So when you are making the decision that you want to step into home ownership and you believe that you can afford it and that you can stomach that difference, Sit down with a mortgage paper, mortgage lender, do the math, make sure you're confident, and then if you're not ready, make sure you have clear steps to get ready and make it an attainable goal within the next 90 days to six months. Patty, can they sit down with you if they need to sit down with you? Absolutely, of course. Bookwithpatty.com and everybody that comes through um, Byron's Network, of course, this podcast, No Stingy Energy, um, Business Over Breakfast, will get massive incentives. We'll be waiving appraisal fees. We'll be giving you discounts on lender fees. We're going to make sure that you get all the benefits of being a part of this community. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Real quick, um, before, we, before we get up out of here, I got to talk about this. Um, So, Anaje, the fact that we're witnessing these interest rates go up, okay? We're witnessing these interest rates go up. I don't know how those, I don't know how those balloons are popping up on my screen right now. <laughs> but all good. <laughs> um, the fact that we have all these interest rates going up and or the mortgage rates going up and inflation as of right now, since June. So if we look at this, since June, they were at the lowest at 3% inflation rates. Now we're creeping up to 3.7. Um, does that alarm anybody in terms of where the Fed may be headed with interest rates? Because it seems like we're trending the opposite direction. Can anybody, does, any, does that alarm anybody? What do we think that is causing that? I mean, what's going on with this? I think my two cents. Like, look. People people tend to think that the Federal Reserve controls all of in, uh, inflation. They do not control a major portion of it. There's this thing called fiscal and monetary policy, right? Congress and our government has a role in this. The problem is that they've been inept 
right? They don't do, they ain't doing nothing to bring this down. So, and what do I mean by that? There's other factors that, that the Fed really can't control, like this war. And y'all forget there's this whole war in Ukraine. Y'all forgot about that one, right? And where Ukraine has a, a lot of grain and a lot of food that they supply the world with, right? So inflation can happen in the tariffs with China. We still have a pseudo play play chair, uh, a trade war with China. So inflation can happen beyond the Federal Reserve, right? So that's that's number one. So so but but I don't think that the that the Fed can continue to raise and hike rates. I think they can, can prolong things where it's at. And I think that's the most healthy thing for them to do. But one thing uh Patty kind of mentioned, and I want to, you know, definitely give her flowers for this, and I agree a thousand percent, you know, home ownership in general, right? Home ownership in general might be luxury. It might be a luxury, right? Meaning like land being owning property, that might be a America going forward. And that's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow, right? Because ultimately, we can't sustain the kind of inflation in the housing market that we've had over the last three or four years. That's unsustainable. But then these prices where we're at is kind of also um, uh, unsustainable. So, you know, we're in a, we're in a tough spot overall. Um, I'm not as, I'm, I'm a little concerned about inflation. I do think it's going to continue to creep up because we do have these wars. We're still printing money. There's also a lots of other factors like uh, uh, building supplies and things of that nature that haven't all the way come down yet. And some things won't come down. You know, if you ask a retailer where they lower their cost or their price, they ain't trying to. If they can get you stuck on, on one price, they're going to stick with that price. So I'm not really sure if we can get that number down to 2%. And hopefully Chairman Powell recognizes that maybe 2% is more of a pie-in-the-sky belief versus a uh, reality that's possible. Anaja, real quick, um, where do you see opportunity in all of this right now? Let, let's say opportunity in the next multifamily real estate months, three to six months. Multifamily real estate. Why is that? How can somebody win with multifamily right now? You say what? How can somebody win with multifamily right now in this market? Be a shark. Take advantage of these clowns that was buying at four and five caps, right? A lot of like, look, there's a lot of people, right? We might know some of them that were over buying property. Patty just said the same thing, right? They were over buying at low cap rates. A low cap rate is just a, basically what you plan to get on the investment, right? Right now, a treasury yield at five and a half percent will beat some of these cap rates that these guys bought at. There are syndicators and LP position people that are losing their shirt, losing all of that equity. What do I mean by that? They had a million dollar multifamily property. Uh, they put 20% down. Their loan is at 800,000 because of because the loans come and do at 8%, 7%, 9%, whatever they come and do at, they got to refinance. Yeah. And the DSCR loan ain't working. So they're handing back the loan at 800,000. Understand this, they're handing back the loan at 800,000. So what happened at 200,000? No gone and they're handing it back at eight hundred thousand, which means it ain't worth eight hundred thousand either see what i'm saying it's because they handed it back it ain't worth that either so now if you think about it right where is that equilibrium happening i've done some math those numbers might come all the way down to six or five hundred thousand you talking about two or three years of multifamily property what was once of valuated a million now may be valued at five hundred thousand six hundred thousand so at the end of the day if you can line up some finance and if you got your money right or whatever you can take advantage in that market and ride that oh my god so that that's my that that's and you saw how i had to answer quick 
You so you've been so you've been uh researching it. That's what it sounds like. You ready to take some action? Oh yeah. Patty, where are you seeing the opportunity for homeowners, somebody that is looking to own a home right now in this market, where do you see that opportunity? Well, from the perspective of residential real estate, first-time homebuyers or people buying one to four unit properties, whether it's for a per personal reasons, for primary or for investment reasons, I think the opportunity comes with finding properties that have been on the market for 10 to 12 days that don't have any movement. So 69% of the homes on the market are selling in under 30 days. There are potential for homes that are sitting around longer. And during the peak of the pandemic, when I bought the house that I'm living in right now, it was August 2020, I waited. It fell out of escrow twice. The house had problems. The family was going through a divorce. And I got it $80,000 below market, which was really smart to do at, at a time where everyone was paying above list price and above appraised value because interest rates were so low. In every market, there's an opportunity for you to negotiate on the terms that you want. What it requires is patience, <laughs> and it requires that you give up some of the things that add comfort. So if you're looking for an opportunity to mitigate for the fact that interest rates are higher and you're paying a higher payment for at least a minimum of two years, the opportunity comes for looking at properties on the market that don't have as many offers, that don't have offers on it that have been sitting for at least 10 days. I agree with that. What you think yeah, about it? What, what are you seeing, man, in terms of opportunities, man? Time is not a buy. Like I said earlier, you can buy right now, but it has to make sense. Like what, what Patty said, what Anadja said, the time right now is to buy because most people are scared to buy. But at the same time, if you get a pre-approval for, let's just say, 200 to 250 just because you got a pre-approval for 250 don't mean you need to buy a house at 250 You need to buy a house that makes sense for you. When you really... So, you know, your whole budget is going towards your house. That's not the house for you. You still need to be having cash flow after you pay your mortgage, after you pay your taxes, after you buy your groceries, after you pay your kids' expenses. Shit got to make sense. You know, you may not be ready for your dream house right now, but you're still ready for a house. Getting a house that you can afford, that you and your family can still be happy. Y'all got positive cash flow. I think most people get in crazy positions because they, they buy with their eyes, they buy with emotion, they don't buy with facts, and they don't do the math. And I think that's the issue that we have. First of all, I want to say shout out to Bam Bam with the super chat. You know what I mean? Shout out, out to Bam Bam, 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 man. We seen that early, man. Thank you, sir. You got the first one, man. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I didn't even know we can get a super chat. You know, yeah. what I, mean? I just found out. <laughs> shout well, out what's your thoughts about it before we get out of here? Yeah. So here's the deal. You know, I, I'm going to keep it all the way real. You know, normally I, I try to be positive as possible uh, with all of this stuff. But I'm not going to tell you or sell you on no dream. And I think right now we are in a very volatile market. I believe people can get hurt in this particular market if you are not moving correctly. You're not moving fast. You need to be doing any deal that you stand in. It needs to be a great deal. And if you are, 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 you are concerned about that deal, you need to be able to get a quick exit. I think you need to be you need to be in and out of that deal. If it don't make sense, don't hold on to it. Get rid of it. I'm just giving you my perspective. Get rid of that and and get your get your liquid, right? And maybe run a couple other plays. That's what I'm thinking. Shout out to my guy, my guy Mitt in the building, man. See, man. So you basically saying at this point in the market, you, you do not buy with emotions. You buy straight numbers. That's it. 
straight numbers. If the math don't math, just don't right. do it, especially yeah. on long-term investments, right? So if you're doing a long-term investment, it needs to be a it needs to be a rock solid deal because you marry in this deal. Okay. So right. I think if you marry in that deal, it needs to cash flow with no with no compromises. Okay. Yeah. No compromises, no trying to fix the numbers and best case scenario. This not a Worst best case, case scenario. scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worst case scenario needs to cash flow. If it don't, which that's a higher possibility. And I'm going to keep it real with you. Right now, it's a higher possibility. It's going to be harder to find deals that pencil out and make sense. Right. Unless the seller is going through some major distress. So in those situations, just get in and out of that thing. It's nothing wrong with it. Make you 20 grand, 30 grand, 40 grand, you know, whatever it may be. I got some property I'm finna sell right now. I'm finna put 130 in my pocket this month. Right. But so that way, when I'm sitting off to the side with my my assassin rifle of money, I can I can pick off the best of the best properties possible. Cause you liquid and ready to go. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, I just want to cut in. O'Neill said something that was really cool, and I think it's really smart. A lot of people are paralyzed right now. A lot of people paralyzed. That right there in itself is an opportunity, right? That right there in itself is an opportunity. Why is it an opportunity? Because everybody's scared of the market, seller or buyer. Everybody know these rates are eight percent. People are, are not shooting a shot, right? And I think, again, they want to be aggressive. Shoot a lot of shots, right? So what if they say no? So what if they, if they feel disrespected? So what, right? Shoot a lot of shots because there's going to be some people in situations. We all agree on that. Some certain amount of people will always have to sell real estate. And you can capitalize on somebody being, again, for me, I'll tell you another zone that I'm capitalizing on or I might capitalize on in a single other flippers. They're not emotionally tied to the market. They may not yeah. be able to have all those holding costs. They may not be able to get their price. So I might be able to go get a newly renovated property for pennies on the dollar because they were some newbie that they really had no they shouldn't have been in the game. You know, if you really hear how I'm talking, I, I hate to say it this way, but I'm about to be a shark on other investors, whether that's single family or multifamily. Because I've seen this happen before. I've seen a lot of people uh, uh, back in back in the day acquire 20 properties and lose them all two or three years later. I've seen that. So so for me, that's something, like you said, there's a lot of people that are making a lot of mistakes on how they was purchasing property. And that, again, I hate to say it, but I, I don't you know, I don't really feel so bad about an investor losing their shirt. I feel bad about regular people losing their shirt, but not investors. They just signed up for this. That's <laughs> <laughs> part of the game. That's part Man, of the game. Man, I want to know what y'all thoughts about the show, man. If y'all enjoyed the show, man, put some flavor. Man, this is fire, man. Patty with the hot fire coming. Oh, yeah. Now, Patty, oh, no. Patty, yeah. yeah, we got good chemistry together. I love you guys. Yeah, it was a good got time, a man. Game. It was a good time. Gang of people in the chat. Put a fire emoji in the chat if y'all still hanging with us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Listen, you know, I, I definitely wanted to lead this on a positive note. You know, shout out to Rachel as well for another super chat you know we really really appreciate y'all for, for for stopping through listen we're gonna be doing this every single tuesday we want to be as consistent as possible that is the plan listen we are not we did not 
put this together to depress you, but I had to just keep it real. There is not a lot of glimmer in the market right now. And I'm not finna tell nobody anything to just get them excited, you know, about, about anything. This is not that type of uh, market right now. You do have to be cautious with how you move. And no, I just want to put that out there. what you say. Oh, Leave emotions at the door. Yeah. Leave emotions at the door. Shoot your shot. You may offend somebody when you shoot your shot, but you got to shoot your shot based on what them numbers is telling you, not what your what not what they feelings or your feelings are telling you. Just let them numbers be the numbers. Yes, indeed. Any final words, man, before we head up out of here, man? Uh, I definitely want to allow the guests to be able to kind of uh, shout out how they can reach out to you guys as well. But any final words before we head out? Oh. Oh man, let's go. To, let's go with the ladies first, man. Go with Miss Patty. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, my final word is that I think that you know something I've thought about a lot since we all met through various social media channels is that privilege really comes from knowledge, and these are the conversations where the beginning of that process starts. So wherever you are in the journey, I really do think it's important to continue to plug in. To communities like this where you have experienced experts we're not just talking because of some article we read i'm 21 years into building financial profiles for people and helping lower the barrier of entry to home ownership so continue to plug plug in stay in the conversation if you're not ready today really what's going to help you is the knowledge knowledge is the key that opens the door to give you access to ownership I believe in home ownership as being one of the only means for our communities to build generational wealth. I am a firm believer in that. So no matter how negative the news is and, and how much we have to sit in that reality, my hope is that we still find ways to get creative and find opportunities to become homeowners because as Onaje highlighted from a comment we had on a different chat is that home ownership is becoming a luxury. And when it becomes a luxury, anything that's a luxury it's a luxury because it's exclusive. So as that window of opportunity closes, we want to run to it and make sure that we figure out how we get our piece of the pie. And that's what I'm here to create. And I'm very honored and grateful to be with you gentlemen again tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Make sure you check out book with Patty, P-A-D-I.com. Yes, indeed. Anaje. Yeah, first and foremost, man, I want to thank you guys for the invite. First of all, this is fire, right? Uh, just to kind of piggyback on some of the things Patty said, for me, I agree with home ownership as a homestead or as an investor really is one of the few paths to wealth in this country that are left. It's really not a whole lot of paths left and it's not going to be easy. Right. But again, come to, uh, uh, but for the people who are diligent, for the people that are focused, for the people who are forever learners, that's my real advice. You be a forever learner, keep, uh, keep your fortitude up, stick in the game, right? Stay aggressive, right? If you don't have all your information, if you're afraid, that means you are lacking some information for that fear. We go run into fear. Don't be a follower. Don't worry about the herd. Worry about your plan. Get it. Get some information. Tap in with me. Tap in with y'all. Can follow me on Onaji Barnes all social media, particularly this YouTube one. Since we're on YouTube, check me out. But but ultimately, stay aggressive, y'all. Don't give up. Don't worry about the negative noise. Yes, this was, we talked about a, a lot of negative noise because we're trying to inform you on how to be smart. Right. That's the game. Be smart and let's stay aggressive and you can continue to stay in this game and be in this game overall. So I appreciate you guys for the invite. And yes, indeed. We appreciate y'all, man. As always, man, I know it's pretty late in California. Appreciate you coming in, dropping some game. Anaji, we appreciate you as always, brother. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Listen, 
We're going to see y'all first thing tomorrow. I just want to say, if you haven't already, make sure you rate, comment, and subscribe and share it out. This was some very high-level conversation that you guys were privy to today. Um, and it was expert conversation. This is not theory, right? And y'all know we are real big on giving out real conversations not based on theory. Yes, it is some depressing information inside of this conversation, but I promise you, if you're real with yourself, right, and you look yourself dead in the mirror and look at your goals, look at what you want to do, you can figure out ways to see opportunity in any market. But we got to deal with the reality of the market in order to see the reality of our potential opportunities as well, okay? And we just want to paint that picture as 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 real as we possibly can. And uh, I just want to highlight the fact that, yeah, shout out to our experts, you know, appreciate y'all for stopping through. Oh, you got any last minute words, man? Yeah, thank you, thank you. For another, we got another super chat in the building, man. We appreciate y'all, keep joining the family. And man, we I enjoyed this. So we here every Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. Central. If y'all enjoyed the content, make sure y'all like, share, and make sure y'all on the live right now. After y'all get off, go to the podcast. Check it out, man. Check it out. We see y'all next time. Name out for that super chat. Oh, you can't. You know what I'm saying? Who is that? That, that was Dion? Dion, my bad. I'm sorry. Dion, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Shout out to you, man. Shout out to all of y'all, man. Just yeah, to be here. This is our first episode. Man, I definitely appreciate y'all coming, man, because y'all didn't have to be here. Yeah, if y'all enjoy the night show, man, let us know in the comments below. Let us know if y'all enjoy it. Because it's new for us. It's the first time, you know? Yeah. In the morning. If y'all enjoy the night show, put some flames in the comments. We, we just want to see if, we, if we're giving y'all what y'all need. Absolutely. And we're going to be bringing some phenomenal, action-packed, high-density information Right uh, on these Tuesdays, we're going to be bringing nothing but facts. It's going to be the good. It's going to be the bad. It's going to be the ugly. It's going to be the beautiful. All of those things. But the one thing I can guarantee is going to be real. It's going to be honest. And it's going to be it's going to be something useful that you can, you know, add to your repertoire of things as you move along in your entrepreneurial uh, journey. So I just want to highlight that. But with that being said, man, listen. Hey, I'm tuning in, man, for Trending Tuesdays, the first one. We'll see yeah, y'all next week. See y'all next week. Yes, indeed. Peace.